Now, here's Roger Stone. Welcome. I'm Roger Stone, and we're back. It's the Roger Stone Show. And joining me now is Paul Manafort. Uh, Paul Manafort is a political consultant and government affairs professional whose career spans five decades uh, and who has always been devoted to furthering the interests of the United States on the world stage. As campaign chairman for Donald Trump's 2016 presidential campaign, Paul Manafort is the man who put into place the structure that delivered the nomination and eventually the general election of President Donald J. Trump. Between 1975 and 1980, Paul Manafort worked on the campaigns of President Gerald Ford and President Ronald Reagan, playing a key role in the nomination and election of Reagan in 1980. I know because I was there working alongside him. In 1981, Paul Manafort and I co-founded Black, Manafort, and Stone. Uh, And in 2009, he founded his current company, DMP International. I am honored to have my longtime friend, one of the most skilled political operatives and analysts in America today, Paul Manafort, join us on The Roger Stone Show. Roger, it's great to be with you. Uh, full disclosure here, uh, I first met Paul Manafort at the 1970 Connecticut State Republican Convention. Uh, we were both supporting Congressman Tom Meskel for governor. Meskel went on to be one of the greatest governors uh, in Connecticut history, something he doesn't get credit for. Uh, we were colleagues uh, in uh, college Republicans in the D.C. area. Uh, Then in 1977, Paul, who was uh, elected national auditor of the Young Republicans, uh, was supposed to run for Young Republican national chairman, and I was supposed to manage his campaign. Uh, But because Paul had a very attractive offer to work for President Gerald Ford, and because the bulk of the people in our electoral coalition within the Young Republicans supported a challenge uh, by Governor Ronald Reagan, we decided to change places. And therefore, I became a candidate for Young Republican National Chairman, and Paul Manafort very ably managed my campaign. He did insist that I had to smile if I was going to be a candidate. And, and you even did it for a little while, Roger. That was impressive. <laughs> for, for a little while. You were always better candidate uh, material uh, than I was. Uh, look, Paul, you and I have been through the meat grinder, as our friend General Michael Flynn. I don't want to focus on the past here. I really want to focus on the future. Uh, but uh, after spending $30 million, uh, the Mueller investigation never turned up any evidence of Russian collusion. The, the the false narrative that is constantly uh, recycled is that you gave polling information to a man named Konstantin Kalimnik and that Kalimnik uh, was a Russian intelligence asset uh, who presumably passed that information on to Vladimir Putin. The problem with that narrative, reading from your own book, Political Prisoner, Persecuted, Prosecuted, But Not Silenced by Paul Manafort, 
Folks, you can get that at Amazon.com or BarnesandNoble.com. It's an extraordinary book uh, of perseverance, uh, faith, and survival. Uh, but based on your book and also the investigative reporting of Matt Taibbi, not exactly a conservative, uh, I don't believe that Konstantin Kalimnik was a Russian asset at all. In fact, I think it's far more likely that he was a U.S. intelligence asset. Tell us about well, this. Yeah, that's exactly right. And by the way, the Mueller people knew that as well. Uh, you know, Kalemnik, uh, if, you know, actually Kalemnik's career in, in, in the activities over with me started when I hired him from working for John McCain, when he was the number two person at the International Republican Institute in Moscow, former McCain. Uh, and, uh, and I brought him on because I needed somebody to help me uh, in, in, in Ukraine. Constantine. Uh, was constantly dealing with not just the United States, but Germany uh, uh, and, uh, and, and the UK uh, at, at their request uh, and was a source to them, such an important source to the State Department in the United States of the United States that uh, they actually gave him a code name. And, and Mueller had all this information. Uh, the, 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 there's not one iota of evidence other than the fact that Costin served in the military that he was required to do for two years uh, before he left uh, and, and went into the private world. Uh, except for that contact, there's not one bit of evidence that he had anything to do with, with uh, Russian intelligence, Russian military, or anything else. But they had nothing, and, and, and that was the problem. Mullen needed some book for the, for the fictitious collusion that, uh, that you, know, you and I you know, fought for five years. Um, and so they just used that. And, all the cable traffic of, of the U.S. government uh, from Kiev to Washington about things that Kremlin was helping them on uh, were ignored. And, uh, and in fact, today, almost everything from my trial has been uh, re- you know, re- made public except for that cable traffic. <laughs> because if they let that cable traffic come out, it would very clearly identify if, if Kremlin was working for anybody, he was working for uh, the United States, not Russia. Uh, and in fact, the other thing, and I, I say this in my book, and then I can move on. You know, when, when, when I was working with Yanukovych, who, by the way, is the reason why Ukraine was in the process of becoming a part of Europe. Uh, it was, not, it was you know, I, I, my activity with Yanukovych, other than electing him, was working with the Europeans to bring Ukraine into Europe. And they knew everything that he was doing to bring Ukraine into Europe. The ugly secret was that the, that Angela Merkel really didn't want Ukraine in Europe because it was going to undercut Germany's influence and and uh, and also because they were she was being pressured by Putin to not let Putin become not let Yanukovych bring Ukraine into uh, into the European Union. Uh, notwithstanding all of that, the, the American people, I mean, the, the, Mueller knew all of this. He knew all the activity. It was all public information. They ignored all of that. Uh, uh, and, and so there, there, there was no, if there was any Russian record, it was what I was doing against Putin and what Kalemnik was doing for the U.S. But you haven't, you know, you haven't seen those records because they're not released by trial. Uh, one more question about the past, then I want to talk about uh, campaign 2024. Looking back at all the government cases and charges against you, in which they essentially took 15-year-old financial charges which had been rejected earlier for lack of evidence, 
uh, and recycled them. No charge pertaining to Donald Trump and no real charge pertaining to Russian collusion. Uh, and now you look at the kid glove treatment uh, of the IRS, uh, but more precisely of the government regarding Foreign uh, Registration Act violations. Uh, what are your thoughts about this double standard? Uh, you were falsely charged of violating the Foreign Agents Registration Act. You never actually lobbied. You did hire others to lobby or uh, persuade your client to hire others, notably former Congressman Vin Weber uh, and Tony Podesta, the brother of campaign manager for Hillary Clinton, John Podesta. They did actually lobby, yet neither one of them was charged. Uh, what do you say about the fact that Hunter Biden, the evidence of which is overwhelming, has lobbied for foreign interests, did not file with Faris, appears to me to be in violation, but is yet to be charged? Uh, Roger, you're actually absolutely right. Every charge they brought against me, I had been cleared of prior to the special counsel ever existing. And by the, by the bureaucracies, by the IRS bureaucracy, by the Treasury bureaucracy, and by the DOJ FARA bureaucracy. I actually had an agreement with FARA uh, where they, under, they recognized that I did nothing wrong, no criminal, forget criminal, no civil penalties, nothing. Uh, that Mueller threw out the agreement uh, when, he, when he took, took office. Uh, so, yes, you're right. Everything that they came at me on, what I had been cleared on. And ironically, when you look at what's going on with Hunter Biden, he has on his laptop direct evidence of lobbying. I mean, emails, meetings, uh, you know, you know, contacts with people in the State Department that that he was setting up for other, other people to meet with that are clear violations. And the problem that, they, that Hunter Biden has, and this is what the White House is protecting him of, is that if they are able to charge him for fair violations, uh, and if they, if they bring the conspiracy arguments that they concocted for me, the, the same arguments just changing the names, the, there's a path of evidence in his, on his laptop on every one of the charges, which will allow them to, go, to pierce the statute of limitations, to go back at all of, the, uh, all of the activity in 2010, 11, 12, where he was not paying taxes, and get into the tax records from there, that will probably have a very damning tale, uh, story to tell about the Biden enterprise and, and, and what corruption was going on by, with the family. So, so they've got a real problem. And, and all they've got to do is just take the, the stats, all the statutes they went against me on, charge Hunter with the same issues, and look at the laptop, and it's there. All the evidence is there. Handling legal matters is stressful. So let the law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. provide you with the insightful counsel you deserve. The law offices of Frank Bruno Jr. has successfully handled thousands of cases for 25 plus years. They focus on elder law and estate planning, but are equipped to navigate you through all stages of family law and divorce to real estate law and probate. The law offices of Frank Bruno. Call 718-418-5000 or visit them at frankbrunolaw.com. That's frankbrunolaw.com. Frank Bruno. He's your numero uno. Uh, in Italian, uh, the word Manafort means strong hand. Uh, and I must say, your book, uh, Political Prisoner, Persecuted, Prosecuted, But Not Silenced by Paul Manafort, is a testimony to your strength as a person, as a man, uh, but also you're very candid about how your faith in Jesus Christ helped you and your family through this crucible. Uh, I really highly recommend this book. 
you you lived through hell, uh, and uh, you lived to tell about it. Uh, you're uh, you're in excellent spirits, uh, and I, I God bless you and your wife uh, for your survival. My wife and I know a little bit about what this is like, uh, but nothing compared to you. Uh, our late friend Lee Atwater, what do you think he would think of our politics today? Uh, specifically, what would he think of the Biden campaign bypassing Iowa and New Hampshire and going straight to Lee Atwater's home state of South Carolina? Well, he would actually, I think, admire the fact that they have the courage to just thumb their nose at the whole process and do it their way. Um, yeah, it, it, the, you know, Atwater always was one that, as you know, would push the envelope on, on whatever he thought was necessary to win. And I think the Biden tactics of what he did in 2020, hiding in the the, the basement of, up in Delaware, and now what he's doing you know, with, uh, with the Democratic process, hijacking the whole nominating process to the point that he drove Robert Kennedy out of the, out of the uh, primary, uh, you know, Atwater would say these guys are ruthless and they'll do anything to win. And certainly, you know, the, where they would probably go beyond Atwater is Atwater, as you know, always had a standard of keeping things inside the boundary of what the facts were. You know, the Biden White House doesn't do that at all. And uh, and it just amazes me that they could continue to stand up there and talk about the border is closed and the uh, Bidenomics is making everybody's life better and there is no uh, there is no crime process problem on uh, you know from 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 all these illegal immigrants that are there. It's just amazing to me uh, how he is so bold in fighting the truth. And what he doesn't understand, I, I know you believe because you and I have run these kinds of campaigns, is we know that the truth ultimately comes out. And if you just stay on the message and get it out there, it's going to come out. And Biden is going to be. We've seen the floor fall off. Is as, as I say when I speak around the country, this reminds me a lot of 1980 uh, with the Reagan-Carter races, you remember, uh, which was a very close race for most of the race. And Carter was winning for most of the time. Uh, and it wasn't until the last, you know, the only debate happened when people got a chance to, to, to hear Reagan, but then finally realized that they had to make a choice that the floor fell out from Carter and Reagan won a historic victory, uh, you know, landslide victory. Well, I mean, that floor fell out from Biden in the last month. Unfortunately, it's not the month, the couple of weeks before the election. It's a year before the election. But I, I had that same sense and feeling in the last month as all of a sudden these, you know, the polls, not the ballot question, which of course happened, but the internals of those polls showing you know, what the issue agenda of the American people is, showing how they rate Trump, showing how they rate Biden on that issue agenda. You know, and, and, his, and consistently Trump uh, is, is favored over Biden on all of the major issues. Uh, and, it's, it, and it's just a matter of time before people say enough. Uh, and, and I think they've reached that point. Uh, and uh, uh, the fact that Biden believes he can win and has and is hijacked the Democratic Party's nominating process to keep him from having any any competition, uh, I give him credit for it because I think if there was any competition that was real out there, he would have had problems. I, I think Robert Kennedy could have given him problems. Um, and, and as a result, he's going to be nominated 
in a, and he's going to be very weak nominee. He's not going to have the benefit of the nomination process strengthening him because the American people have really stopped listening to what he says. Uh, you know, nobody knows more about the Republican Party presidential nominating system than you do. Uh, uh, is this a contest for the nomination over? Yes, it's it's been over for a while. I mean, the, the, the Trump campaign is, is really running an ex- a brilliant campaign. I mean, they, there's a lot that they're doing that you're not seeing or hearing about because it's the mechanics of politics, not the public relations of politics. Uh, but but uh, the campaign manager, Susie Wiles and Chris Lasvita, they have been dealing with the arcane rules of of, of uh, you know, how delegates are going to be selected. Uh, they've tightened the rules up in states. They've improved the situations in states. For example, in California, they, they worked with a party out there to establish a rule that if a candidate gets 50% of the primary vote, he gets all of the delegates. Not, they're not, not proportionate, but all of them. Well, they've moved California up to, in, in the calendar dates. Uh, Reagan, I mean, Reagan, uh, Trump can be the nominee, really, you know, and right around right after Super Tuesday. Uh, if everything the way it's shaking out, uh, and, but even even if there was some slippage somewhere, which I don't see, they have they have run a very strong delegate hunt operation where they're not going to be they're going to get more than their fair share of delegates uh, out of every one of the states. Unlike what was going on in, in 2016 uh, when I came on board, it was, yeah, what what was going on in 2016, as you know is the Cruz campaign was running a second ballot campaign. Their attitude was to stop Trump on the first ballot uh, and then have the second ballot have free all the delegates uh, to vote their conscience. And what Cruz was doing was where Trump was winning the primaries, uh, Cruz was electing delegates uh, that some of whom would be for Donald Trump in the first ballot by, by law, but would be freed after the first ballot to vote whoever they wanted. So Trump could have had 55% of the, of the de- delegates uh, you know, committed to him, but he wouldn't have had 55% of the bodies of the de- of delegates. And Cruz's strategy was to find a way to, to chip uh, Trump down under the 50% margin. And as you know, through rules, processes, and, and platform challenges, there are ways to do that, and they have their strategy. Uh, and they could have denied Trump the nomination. Unfortunately for them, you know, they, you know, we knew, how, you know, I knew how to do this, and we were able to bring on people as well uh, in enough time uh, to compliment Trump so that what he was winning at the ballot box, he was keeping at the delegate uh, phase, uh, which is all I really did. I mean, he was winning the delegates, but he was going to get cheated out of the, the benefit of winning uh, from the process, and uh, we kept that from happening, and uh, he got the number. He got, in the end, uh, when it was clear that Cruz's strategy was going to fa- fail, uh, we were able to work with the you know Republican with Vice Previson, who wanted to have a Republican president, needed to have a Republican president elected, and uh, we were able to put together an you know a presumptive nominee strategy that got Trump what he deserved to get, and ended any kind of you know serious. Fight at the convention. Uh, if you're just tuning in, folks, this is the Roger Stone Show, and I am interviewing uh, Paul Manafort, a political operative, uh, political consultant, 
uh, and public uh, affairs uh, professional, uh, uh, the man who I still believe more responsible for anyone other than Donald Trump himself, because he beat back that coalition of Ted Cruz, the Bushes, and John Kasich at the convention, who had a second ballot strategy to steal the nomination. By the way, it happened before, folks, in 1952. Uh, Robert Taft showed up in Chicago with more than enough votes to be nominated on the first ballot, but a clever strategy in the uh, credentials and rules uh, committees of that convention ended up nominating Dwight Eisenhower, who went on to become president. Paul, I'm sure you saw that West Virginia Senator Joe Manchin has dropped out of the Senate race. He seems to be openly flirting with the no labels ballot initiative. I hear that our old partner, Charlie Black, who used to be a Republican, now actively involved in that no ballots effort, uh, no labels effort. Do you think Joe Manchin uh, is going to as uh, an independent, uh, perhaps with Mitt Romney as his running mate? I mean, I, I mean, I have thought for you know for the last year that Manchin would not run for reelection and would would take a look at a it, it, the no labels ticket. I, I think he's going to see where they get on the ballot. If they don't get on ballots anywhere, I think he'll you know he'll do what he always does, which is dance but not uh, you know you know dance around but not make a final decision. Uh, however, if they got it on enough ballots, I think he will run, and uh, <clears throat> I don't fear him. Um, but I, you know, I think he wants to run, uh, you know, and he, I don't think he cares. He'd like to win, but I don't think if he, he, he if he can enhance himself and in his mind by, by running and run, you know, looking like a, a savior, even if he doesn't win, I think he, that plays to his, his personality. Um, so I, I have every expectation that if they get on the ballot in enough of the States, that he will be a candidate and, and, uh, and I think they, he would probably be the one they would naturally go to. Uh, you have a long history in Ukraine. You understand the geopolitics of that part of the world. Uh, what, in your opinion, is the answer to resolve this and stop the killing? Well, the problem in Ukraine has been that, you know, Biden is trying to make it look like he's this great war president. Uh, the problem is everything he's done has been too late. Uh, you know, it, you know the, 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 he talks. He talks the game, but he doesn't deliver until the, the moment has passed for the delivery to be impactful. You know, everybody understood that last summer was going to be the critical time for uh, for Zelensky and the Ukrainians to penetrate the the lines that uh, the Russians had put along the eastern uh, coast, uh, and they understood what they needed to do that from planes to uh, to. Armored tankers, uh, tanks that could break, uh, break through. And Biden talked the game, but didn't deliver any of what they needed. So as a result, they weren't, they didn't make the progress they needed to make this summer, this summer. <clears throat> and we're now in truly a quagmire situation, um, because the Ukrainians are suffering. And, uh, and Putin is just playing a waiting game. Uh, it, unfortunately, I don't see a positive situation coming out of it. I, I think there's going to be a, a we're going to need to have a strong president. As long as Biden is president, this war is just going to, you know, be, be, meander on. Putin is going to wait. Uh, 
Putin may, I think Putin will try and do some negotiating with Biden uh, sooner than the, now that the, the, the summer offensive has failed, because I think he's afraid to have to face Donald, President Trump uh, again uh, you know, in the consequences of what that'll mean. Um, so I expect to see Putin working with the Europeans to put pressure on, uh, on Zelensky. Uh, I mean, Biden is going to talk the talk, but he's not delivering anything that's going to have any impact at all. Uh, no, nobody fears what he's saying. Uh, and he's going to be distracted by what's going on in the Gulf, where he's mismanaging that as well. Though. All right. Unfortunately, we are out of time. Let me thank Paul Manfort and highly recommend to you his book, uh, Political Prisoner, Persecuted, Prosecuted, But Not Silenced. You can go to Amazon.com, BarnesandNoble.com. Again, Political Prisoner, Persecuted, Prosecuted, and Not Silenced by Paul Manafort. Paul Manafort, thank you for joining us on The Roger Stone Show. Roger, it's great being with you again.